You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is that cholesterol, when you get the right amount of it, is essential for all animal life. It's just a type of lipid, also known as a fat, that performs essential functions like making the outer coating of your cells. It makes up the bile acids that work so you can digest food in your intestine. And your cholesterol allows your body to make vitamin D and things like testosterone and estrogen and progesterone. So cutting cholesterol out of your life and getting your levels really, really low actually makes you weak, not strong. And that's just not cool. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's guest is a friend a guy I've known for a long time and a guy you've probably seen talked about recently. I think a former episode, a, a former guest, in fact, I don't just think I know he's been a guest on the show. He's come up to my house a few times, hung out at his house a few times. He's a TV personality star because he just starred on ABC's My Diet is Better Than Yours, a speaker at the Bulletproof Conference, and just an all-around awesome dude. I'm talking about none other than Abel James. Abel, welcome to the show. Dave, thanks so much for having me, man. So you just came out with a book called The Wild Diet, which is uh, 
which is pretty cool. And I think you hit number one on Amazon, which is which is neat. Yeah, and New York Times bestseller too, which was pretty. Oh, awesome. you did hit the New York Times stuff. list. Yeah, sweet. Uh, where'd you where'd you end up on the list? Uh, I don't even know. I just got it sent over today, so it was uh, basically <laughs> the way that the the sausage is made when it comes down to book rankings is absolutely fascinating because I focused on Amazon for the majority of the time. But uh, when the ABC show originally aired and, uh, and my guy lost, you know, 16 pounds, number one, the first week, just crushing it, uh, it sold out on Amazon. So it's been sold out for like pretty much the past so the, month. So the TV well, show helps. Finally back in. It, it's kind of funny because uh, I, I know the uh, Bulletproof the Cookbook just came out and, and it sold like two or three times what one of the Kardashian sisters sold and, and she made the list and I didn't. I'm like, I was robbed. But then again, it's a cookbook, you know, and, and the, the first, and then did. again, you're not a Kardashian day. I've been getting a bigger butt lately, but it just, I, I can't keep up, man. It's really hard. Biohacking, so, I was hoping to get some, some tips from you now, but the, the reason you're on though is I wanted to get you right before, I think right before the show's finale is even out, right? The show uh, is done filming and the finale is out, but uh, man, you're hitting the top of the buzz right now. Right. A lot of people and, and we're going to push this the show out really fast because what you did is was something I actually thought about. I always wanted to go in like the biggest loser and just be like I'm the boringest loser because like all you do is you're like right. well, like sit on the couch like you're like like there's very little suffering and you go out there you actually did use the the butter in coffee idea and you basically and the soap dish oh and the soap dish for travel sweet. That's right. I didn't see the soap dish one, uh, but uh, like these are classic bulletproof things, right? And 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 kudos to you for for you know making it work, right? And and everything else you did was you know eat lots of good fat and and I, like I don't know you could walk people through exactly all the things you did, but what what I want to say is badass. And what I always want to do was like you beat all the other like random like uh, some of the diets you were competing against were like okay, not very interesting. Um, but dude, you kicked everyone's ass. How many pounds did your guy lose in what amount of time? Yeah. So, uh, it was 14 weeks and he lost a total of 87 pounds. Uh, but most importantly, he went from 52% body fat to less than 30% body fat. So basically double the fat loss of, of other plans on the show. And so for fat burning man, I had to live up to my name, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so what did you do to cause this? Well, okay, so basically, if people haven't seen the show, uh, a lot of people have seen The Biggest Loser. It's yeah. not quite like no, that. No, not because at all. Because you're not, I mean, that's still reality television, which uh, reality television is a misnomer in and of itself. It has an unreliable narrator, I like to say. Right, right. But the setup of the show is completely different. So it's not like a weight loss camp. You're not starving yourself and hungry and miserable, or at least you're not necessarily doing that. Depends on the plan you're on. What this is, is they take uh, five people out of Atlanta who have about 100 pounds or so to lose, and they set them up with celebrity trainers and coaches. Uh, and basically, the, the twist of the show is that they work one-on-one, -on -one, but if the person who's being coached, uh, if number one, it's not working, if their, their diet nutrition plan isn't working, or they don't like it, or they don't like their trainer, they can eliminate them from the show at any time. So it's kind of a a unique way to set the show up. It's hosted by my buddy, Sean T, which is an absolute blast. And hopefully, you know, it's, I, I think what people are taking away from it is that it's a bit more inspirational than some of the other shows that basically say, you must be hungry and miserable. Yeah. Cause basically I wanted to go onto that show to show people that they could eat butter, bacon, chocolate, cheesecake, delicious things 
and still get incredible results, especially with minimal exercise. And that was the part that I was especially <laughs> That's the about. big thing. You're like biggest loser. You're the biggest loser because you're exercising all the time instead of looking at what you put in your mouth, right? Like, like, like I know there was one episode where there's a guy like chasing a potato chip and, and you're like, like this is so broken because it doesn't matter if you chased it. If you eat it, you lose, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And so there isn't nearly as much sabotage on this show, which is really cool to see. Um, but a little bit about my guy. Basically, when we first started, he was at 352 pounds. Uh, and more importantly, people might not have seen the whole background of the show. But so he was in a, a, a head-on car accident years ago, almost a decade ago, which broke his neck. Oh. And after that happened, he had to have a plate put in. Uh, and he had a bunch of other different industry injuries. But over the course of the next few years, he was getting sicker and sicker. And no one really knew why. Uh, they eventually found out that there was staff in that yeah. original plate that they put in, it was manifesting itself throughout his body. He got septic. Uh, he had a blood clot in his lung. Oh, man. And ultimately, he was hospitalized for about 13 months. And uh, one of the most crushing things for him about it is that his grand he's a, he's a grandparent. He's the oldest guy in the show, 47 years old. And he missed his grandchild being born because he was so sick. He was in the hospital. Uh, and so taking him back out of that to something that resembles health was a huge journey for him. And I think really, really inspiring for a lot of people because it's not like he had the option of being a cardio bunny. In fact, the whole show, a lot of people don't know this. He had a stress fracture in his knee. <laughs> uh, so he really wasn't able, like running wasn't an option uh, as a form of training. So it was basically just going out there and walking with his grandchildren with a stroller up the hills behind his house, walking with his wife and doing some amount of strength-based training to make sure that he maintained muscle while he was losing fat. Because that's really the most critical thing you want to do when you're talking about health anyway. So where does one get a full body bacon costume, Abel? Because you opened the show wearing <laughs> that too, which is over the top. Like, I, you know, I love you, man. Like, you're, you're the funniest guy. But, but like, like, where did you find that? Etsy? Like, like where do you go for such a thing? I think it was $20 on Amazon. <laughs> it was something. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it really wasn't that hard to find. But true story, first time I ever saw myself on television, I was wearing a full body bacon costume. It was like when, right before New Year's, they were playing a bunch of promos for the show. We don't even have a TV. So we were at a hotel and I was watching and I was like, my Lord, Ugh, this is this is happening. Because we don't actually, as the people who are on the show, you don't see the cuts oh, yeah. until they're actually and, and, and so they, can trash, they can trash you. They can do whatever they want with the cuts. Like, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> so did you think the cuts were fair? Um, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, that when you're filming 12 hours a yeah. day for like seven weeks on end, when they're putting you in these tiny little pens and you don't always have ready access to food and water or an escape plan or anything else, uh, it's difficult to not look like a raving lunatic yeah. by the end of the day. Cause they're filming, you know, they're filming for 12 hours, but they're only showing this tiny little bit. And it's usually you at your worst <laughs> when you've been through a lot of different stuff. And uh, I think for the most part, I tried to, you know, just put my Captain America pants on like I do with Fat Burning Man, right? Like, you know me personally, oh, yeah. Dave. If I'm not talking to thousands of people, a lot of times my language will be a little bit more colorful. I might see some things that might not be totally PC. But for the most part, being on reality TV, knowing that there was a bullseye on my head the whole time, I was doing my very best to keep things positive, to use it as an opportunity to really show people that, you can get results. You don't have to give up your favorite foods. 
You don't have to turn into a cardio bunny. You don't have to do all this ridiculous stuff that the industry says that you have to do. I just wanted to show people that you can have fun and and take it seriously, even though it's a silly reality competition. <laughs> yeah, it, it, what, it, you, it is kind of a reality competition, but I've lost 100 pounds, right? Yeah. Your guy lost 87 pounds. He's probably lost the other 13 or whatever, the other 60 he needs to lose because yeah, he already knows what it feels like to eat. You're like, oh, it's not hard to lose weight when you're eating right. And, exactly. And so, like, like, it is life and death. And it is whether he sees his grandkids for another 20 years or not. Like, like it, it's actually really serious, but at the same time, it's entertainment. And, and it, yeah. there are people who take it too seriously. And then there are people who are, like, opportunistic and flippant and, and honestly, I, I got to point out the, the biggest loser kind of stuff where, where you're like, like, you know, sort of making a mockery out of something that's actually important. And like, like seeing fat people right. crawl after Twinkies, like, like it's, it's sad on, on, a, on a spiritual level, right? And, and yeah. I, I appreciate that you didn't go there. And I don't think any, I, I didn't watch all of episodes because, well, I don't, like you, I don't really have TV. Uh, but uh, I have an iPad, so like it's like you can't get to it. But yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, where I, I, none of the stuff I saw went in that direction. Like there wasn't a lot of the guilt and right. shaming. So you know, kudos to you and the producers uh, and whoever was doing all your editing to, to to do the my diet's better than yours, but actually like my behavior is better than other diet shows too could have been the subtitle. So Yeah, you know, I, I'm happy that it turned out relatively positive. Of yeah. course, there were lots of dramatic things that happened. It's, it is reality. I, I can't believe you threw cheesecake at the vegan, dude. That was rude. Ah. <laughs> I didn't even cheesecake, man. It's a part of the plan. That's the only reason Kurt chose my plan is because he got to eat cheesecake. So he actually chose your plan for that reason? Yeah, that's that's literally the reason he told me <laughs> that he chose my plan. Because you know, like look at what I'm going up against, right? You get you've got my half-baked, ridiculous looking plan where you get to eat butter, bacon, chocolate, cheesecake, and all these other high fat things and lose fat at the same time with minimal exercise. Sounds crazy. Yeah. Not actually crazy when you look sort at it. Sort of right? works. But he's you're comparing that to a, a vegan program where basically there's no solid food for the first week. You are drinking your dinner. You're drinking your breakfast. You're drinking everything. And, you know, for someone like Kurt, he's like an all-American guy, 47-year-old salesman out of Atlanta, works out of his car. That dude is not a vegan. Yeah, it's <laughs> just never going to happen. Right. It just it, it works. You want to meet people where they are because I think a lot of people, they, they think that they need to give up all of their favorite things if they want to be successful, if they want to have great mental performance, if they want to be able to become more resilient as people withstand intermittent fasting, withstand high pressure scenarios and still keep your wits about you. And I think one of the reasons that you see uh, Kurt and myself on the show not really losing our minds is because we're running on fast <laughs> the entire okay. time. We're not getting cranky. We're, we're feeling focused. We're feeling positive. And that's what happens when you start using the right fuel. It, it's it, it's almost not fair. I, I I can't imagine being a sales guy uh, and and going into a meeting and you're, you're like, okay, do I want to disarm my my target, the guys I'm selling to? Like, I'm just going to feed them like a low fat, high gluten MSG lunch and sit them in a sales <laughs> meeting for two hours. But the end of the meeting, they'll be like, oh, I'll just sign. And, and meanwhile, you've had all the fat, and you're like, yes, I'm ready to go. We're going to kill. And, and you, you literally can manipulate other people's energy the same as you can yours with it. And, and I, I would not want to go back to the way I was when I was doing the you know five or six right. meals a day. I'm fat, but I'm, I'm going to use my willpower every day because I was a dick all the time. Like, 
Like, I mean, no way, Dave. I mean, but you you know me pretty well now, and and I I'm not like that. Yeah. But literally, my ability right. to regulate my my emotions, I like I really like like I had like carpal tunnel in my middle fingers. I, I tell you, like, like I'd road mm-hmm. rage all this stuff, and and so I I totally know what you're saying, like really viscerally. You're like, okay, you're on a set, which is one of the worst times. That's why this high fat thing is just taking over Hollywood, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's because they're on camera for twelve hours a day. And because they have to remember their lines and you have to be conscious of where your body is. And I don't think you can do it on vegan crackers. And maybe a few people can. They just they have more willpower than I do and they're wasting it. <laughs> they should yeah. know better. Right. Well, I can tell you that you get you get stamina when you start burning fat as your main yeah. fuel. It's uh, it's fantastic. I've been a musician for a long time. A lot of times you don't have access to food all the time, but if you're burning sugar as your main source of energy. Yeah. And you don't have anything around you. You settle for terrible foods, and then it's just this uh, this hamster wheel that you have to keep being. You have to either kill yourself in the gym, or you have to <laughs> kind of put up with this lull in energy every day whenever food's not around. You, giving that up is one of the best things you could possibly do. So it was for someone you know like like Kurt, who's just an average dude out of Atlanta. He's never heard of any of this. Oh yeah, you know for for you and I and a lot of the listeners, we've been in our corner of the internet. Uh, for a long period of time talking about this. We know it works. We know that there are a lot of mental and performance benefits. For for Kurt, though, you know, the, the look on his face when <laughs> Allison and I walked into his kitchen for the first time telling him to eat more butter <laughs> and, you know, focus on fat, it's it's ridiculous. His and wife, his wife and, and, and he thought that we were kind of nuts at the beginning, but then when you feel the difference yeah, up here in your, in your own head. energy levels, when you lose 16 pounds in the first week, <laughs> And then you win the fitness competition. He actually won the fitness competition too. <laughs> Oldest dude. I mean, just dominated. Never won anything in his life. It's something that I love seeing light people up for the first time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you see that person first go bulletproof, where they first switch to eating the right foods, and they experience that, it's just such a pleasure because they're like, "Man, I'm never going back." It. What it. So, so Sean, um, I didn't. I don't know Sean T, but you introduced me to him. And he seemed like a yeah. really cool guy. He texted me right away. I sent some, yeah, sent some yeah. brain octane and some bulletproof beans and all that stuff his way. But what was it like working with him? Because like he's, he's kind of a big name in fitness. He is uh, secretly one of the best bro huggers around, <laughs> but probably one of the best on earth. Really? He's, uh, you know, I was so impressed with how present he was, not in the way that I was expecting. Like right. you expect the insanity guy right. to be up in your face and be super intense and being deeper. <laughs> we turned like interval training upside down. We just kick your ass all the time <laughs> and you'll like it. Right, right. right. I hear you. <laughs> but you know what? When, when we started hanging out, I was just so amazed by how open he is, how passionate he is, yeah. and most importantly, how sensitive he is. He's a very, he's very in tune with people's struggles. He's been there himself. I didn't realize this, but when he was in college, he put on 50 pounds and he, he, you know, he does his best to deeply understand other people's struggles and working with him was just uh, a blast because we got to be really good friends by the end of it. His, his uh, husband, Scott is also a fantastic dude. So they're uh, inspiring figures, not necessarily from the same part of the, the fitness and health world as we are, right? Like most of the time we're saying, Okay, if you want to be a fitness junkie, that's great. And you can have a lot of fun doing it, but it's not necessary for a lot of this stuff. And it, it might seem like a contrarian point of, point of view than someone like uh, Sean T. You know, he's a lot of times talking about intense exercise, but I think where we meet in the middle is finding that joy in whatever you're doing. And for him, 
you know, he's his background is as a performer and a dancer. And so he brings that to the exercise world. And I think it's very similar to, you know, what I experience when I play music or when I sing. It's something where you're in the zone and you can tell that he's really throughout the whole competition, throughout the whole TV show, he's there for people and he's coaching them through some really tough moments, some of the hardest moments in their entire lives. I mean, when you're getting half naked in front of America, weighing in on a scale every single week, it, it does crazy things to your brain. And he was there the whole time, just propping everyone up. It was, it's awesome to see. That's really cool. So that, that's part of what made the show special. Which I, yeah. I, I was so glad to have like uh, the antidote to The Biggest Loser. That, that show has always just made me sad. Uh, and, and, and some of the guilting things, that, like like everyone who's fat feels this this a sense of failure. I mean, even if you're like I'm I'm happy with my body image. No, actually, you, you might have like come to terms with it, but you're not as happy as you would yeah. be if you had all the energy you could have. Because if you're fat, you're you have an energy storage problem, which means you have an energy mm-hmm. metabolism problem, which means you don't have all the energy you could have. And and like sorry, that's just how it is. And yeah. it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you don't have willpower. But it means there's a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. And to to use the power of TV to point people in the wrong direction and to shame them versus yes. what what I think you did, which was which was very different. And I'd never seen that on TV before. So I just want to say say thanks to you. Thanks to Sean for for shedding a little bit of, of sanity uh, on what was going on there because uh, 15 years of that other crap, it, it, it was time that someone did it right. So, so you, you, you things, things are changing, man. Things are getting better. And Sean T, I, I had him put butter in his coffee and he likes it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's got the brain knocked in uh, and uh, hopefully at home by now. I got to follow up with him. Thanks for that intro. Awesome. Uh, and you know, we're, we're going to get a lot more people eating this. And I, I fully expect there to be shortages of, of quality food. And you know what? If yeah. if you're at, at if you're listening to this and, and you're at Kraft Foods or you're McDonald's or Campbell's or Monsanto, like dude, we've got your number. <laughs> and, and your number is. I've like heard that there are shortages of Kerrygold. Oh yeah, people it, have told me that they're they're running low on a lot of the things that that you and I both recommend. Absolutely. It's awesome yeah. to see that. Yeah. In fact, I, why is Kerrygold three dollars a stick? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It, it should be like four or five dollars a stick because it's better than than other butter, and it's like it's artificially cheap compared to what it does for you on a cost per calorie basis. It's still like like if you're panhandling and you get three dollars and twenty nine cents, you go to Trader Joe's and you can pick up a stick of Kerry Gold. You've got enough calories to last you for like three days. That's a very good right? point. Like it, it's just too cheap. But anyway. I'm getting on my on my. I would say my soapbox, but it's more of a butter box, uh, to be honest. It's a butter box. Yeah. yeah. Amazingly, you're able to stand up perfectly straight the whole time. It must be all the biohacking. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm levitating on the butter. <laughs> now, it's one thing to lose a bunch of weight, but you guys tracked biomarkers, right? Was this part of the show? Was that part of the show or part of what you did? Yeah. So there was uh, there was a team of doctors who were. They were looking at every contestant throughout the whole time to make sure that their liver enzymes were okay, to make sure that their blood work looked okay. Because this is pretty stressful on the body, especially when you're looking at some of these plans, <laughs> which are kind of pretty intense, right? Like when you're when you're taking someone who's never done anything close to juicing, you're getting them to juice and do intense exercise at the same time. Sometimes it can drive everyone's uh, biomarkers crazy, right? Yeah. Especially if you're coming from a place of medical condition, sickness, what have you. So yeah, throughout the entire time we were uh, working with a doctor, measuring that, also measuring body fat. Um, the competition itself basically used the biggest loser 
um, weight loss percentage uh, of, of body weight. That's how they ranked people. And they ranked them every week, not overall. So there are a lot of little nitpicky things. But one of the things that I thought was very promising is that they, at least they're talking about body fat as something that matters. They're also talking about blood sugar on the show going up or going down with different plans. So you see someone who eats a plan that has a lot of fruit in it, especially in the morning. He gets <laughs> pre-diabetic on one of the episodes. You know, we're staying away from fruit. His blood, my, my guy's blood sugar regulates right away. Yeah. His blood pressure regulates right away. <laughs> uh, he went from being on about a half dozen different prescription medications to in, in week, I think by week three, he was off every single one of them, didn't need them anymore. Uh, and that was purely by how he was eating and basically walking was his exercise with a little bit of functional strength. Wow. And how many hours a week was he exercising? You know, when you're looking at the strength-based stuff, it was literally minutes. Okay, and right. whatever you see in, the, in this fitness competitions, that was basically all for TV or whatever. But he was kind of getting workout for that too. Um, and then when it comes to walking, I hesitate to call that a workout. It's not a workout. But it was right. basically like that's something he has to do every day. 30 minutes to 60 minutes was generally the clip. And he, he couldn't do it every day because one of the other things is they're working their jobs you know, while we're filming. They're living at home. They're not on some camp like some of the other shows, like The Biggest Loser, right? They don't have uh, unlimited time to work out or whatever. So that was another big part of it. And then the most promising thing was some of the other contestants, they were doing two-a-days, right? We had J-Lo's trainer and, and 50 Cent's trainer, Jay Cardiello, on the show, and he was doing two-a-days with, uh, with Jeff, <laughs> and they were doing really intense exercise, a lot of it. And then Kurt and I, we're eating cheesecake. <laughs> when you were going out for bacon cheeseburgers, we're not really exercising all that much at all, and we're dominant. And so uh, one of the biggest things that I was, I was proud of is that we dominated more than anyone else in the body fat. We, went, we took Kurt from more than 52% body fat at the beginning to less than 30% body fat. And that was just a, such a massive difference between that and the other plans, which in a lot of cases focused on portion control yeah. and cardio <laughs> as some aspect of the program. And so you, you can see that translate to muscle loss, which I'm sure doesn't surprise you. Did, did you count <laughs> calories at all? No. So at the beginning, if I had to, I'm, I'm sorry. That, right? it's just, it's just like porn. I'm sorry. It's probably like, this is just too good. But at the same time, okay. So at the beginning, when I got for, uh, when I got started with Kurt, I didn't want him to count anything. I wanted him yeah. to eat basically as much as he wanted. At the same time, you know, it's, it's a weight loss competition. Yeah. He knows that he's going to have to eat less than he otherwise was before all this. Um, and, and everyone obviously was doing that. But I would estimate it was probably 2,000, maybe 3,000 calories a day, um, quite a bit of fat at the beginning. To get him fat adapted in the first couple of weeks, that's what we did. And then over the course of time, once he became fat adapted, his relationship with hunger changed. All of a sudden, it wasn't ruling him. And so uh, that's when we started focusing on uh, intermittent fasting, especially in the morning. Yep. And so I dialed the fats down a little bit. We dialed the portion control, especially we were always looking at protein to make sure that that didn't go too high because, mm -hmm. as you know, that could wind up as being sugar in the blood, bad breath. A lot of bad things can happen when you overeat protein. So we wanted to keep that to uh, basically just to a portion that would give him good energy and also combine it with he got his veggies every day. Yep. He got plenty of fiber. He got bone broth every single day, too, with being the oldest guy in the competition. Very powerful for getting him back in action. And then so the intermittent fasting combined with the very – nutrient-dense food and the lack of sugars allowed them to become fat-adapted. And then at that point, 
eating to the point when he was no longer hungry became easier and easier for him. And he's, you know, one of the things he said to me over and over again, it's just like, I can't believe how much I fill up on this food. You know, originally he thought it was going to be really expensive. He said, he told me yesterday, he saves $300 a month on his grocery bill now because he (laughs) eats so much, not necessarily less food volume, but less, you know, like random foods that you're reaching for all the time and eating. That saves a lot of money, especially when you're not buying any of that processed junk. Well, if you walk down the the aisle and you see those big bags of air, like like popcorn, pre-popped popcorn, there's like, there's so few, there's so little calories and so much air in those foods. You eat them, you're going to be instantly hungry after you eat them. And yet they're like five, I don't don't even know how much half that stuff is. I haven't eaten it in years. But you walk down that aisle, there's a whole aisle of stuff that's like almost no calories and a ton of money. And it's the most profitable food for, for big food to manufacture. And they're just kryptonite yeah. for anyone who eats them. And, and I, I don't. And they make you more hungry yeah. when you eat them. <laughs> it, it's just. It's the best business model ever. I know. I, I keep wanting to engineer something that makes people starving as soon as they eat it. I'm like, oh, wait, they have that. It's <laughs> called Diet Coke. Like, like, why do I need to engineer it? I, I can just buy shares, right? <laughs> don't do it, Dave. So, so, so now your, your book is doing well. The Wild Diet's doing well. Uh, you, you've got people doing like you and I are, are, are in such philosophical agreement on, on, on the nutrition front, uh, and on the exercise front, right. You know, high intensity, very occasional stuff. Um, yeah. and, and actually I, I was gonna say what's next, but the thing we didn't talk about is you also release swamp things. I, I met Denny through yeah. you and like, like you actually recorded like with some badass recording artists as well. Oh. So, so how's that going along? And let's talk about what's next. Yeah, of course. So um, Swamp Thing is the name of an album I did with uh, Denny Hemmingson, who is Tim McGraw's band leader and uh, steel guitarist, just incredibly talented guy. And so I met him because he was actually a listener of my show and he lost around 50 pounds a few years ago. So we just kept in touch and we started jamming a little bit because, you know, I've been a musician for a while, but then I kind of hung that, that, at least my touring hat up when I started doing Fat Burning Man and my podcasting and stuff. It kind of like fulfills a similar need in a lot of ways to perform and to be there and be present. And so, uh, but then I decided, as you know, to take a bit of a sabbatical. We've been traveling around the world for the past year, living in the woods, doing weird stuff. And part of that was really finding the muse again. And so I dusted off my saxophone, played some New Orleans style funk, started singing like Sly Stone and (laughs) doing some screaming tunes too. Uh, And basically we joined up with a lot of the guys from Tim McGraw's touring band, uh, Billy, the keyboard player. Um, we also have Dino who plays the fiddle and guitar and we wrote some songs together and it was an absolute blast just recording that whole uh, project because we did it for no apparent reason. <laughs> and a lot of people, especially who, you know, are in the industry or they're performers or they're actors or a lot of the high performing people who listen to the show, a lot of times you don't just get to do something because it seems like fun right. anymore. Right. And so this project was just, you know, they're, working really hard on, in, you know, high profile music gigs and I'm working hard on writing my book and doing all this other stuff and getting ready for the TV stuff. And this was just like getting together in the studio, goofing off, playing guitar, singing some like new Orleans style music. And it just kind of came to be. So yeah, it's called swamp thing and it's old school, kick you in the teeth, rock funk stuff. It's, <laughs> it's a blast. So, so okay. You've got a New York times bestselling book. You got a TV show. You got your your music thing. I, I, you got your your Swamp Things, your music thing. Um, nude modeling is that coming up next? Like like, like what, what, what's what's up next? I'll meet you halfway. Just Google my name. You'll see me halfway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that that, that one shot. 
Nice airbrushing, by the way. I've never seen someone with 16 ribs in their abs. I know you did something. No, I'm kidding. It's the wild diet, baby. No, not at all. You've always, you've always looked ripped. Um, but like, what's next? What, what are you going to do? I'm always looking for gigs, Dave. Always looking for gigs. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I love to follow just the little breadcrumbs of life. Yeah. Weird adventures have always been something that I've loved to do. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to check a lot of boxes, get our wiggles out before we get old and boring like you and have kids. Um, Did you say so old and boring I'm, like me? I, I, I think I heard you say old and boring like me there. there I'm making that my yeah, ringtone, by the way. It, it, every time you call me and say, before you yeah. get old and boring. It, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm just always ready for the next adventure. If anyone who's listening has any ideas, hit me up. All right. Well, I mean, uh, maybe you should become like a sculptor or a painter and you can like do the trifecta thing. I, I, I don't know. But but I... I'll consider that. Maybe with a little bit more biohacking. Th- there we go. There's, there's this thing. It's, it's a great biohack. It's called paint by numbers. I, I do it all the time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Abel, do you do adult coloring? Serious question. Adult Adult coloring. Do you know what this is? No. Define adult you're, coloring. You're missing form. out, man. So this is a big... As you know, I'm very much out of the loop. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you and I are both kind of out of the loop together. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I don't follow popular culture. Um, in fact, I, I had dinner... For the Kardashians. I, I had dinner the other night uh, in L.A. with this group of, of uh, about a dozen people. And you know the rule was you're not allowed to say what you do for a living. At the end of the dinner, you have to guess what everyone does. And they were like... Oh, cool. Five major TV celebrities there, including like Adam Savage from MythBusters and, uh, and and Jennifer, the the woman who plays the Doctor on House, and all these people. I didn't know any of them were at all. Right, so I'm having dinner with those people like happily, and they're like they all know each other. Are I'm like, man, I'm like the least right. cool person here. Um, so I, I'm with you there, and I forgot where I was going with this whole line of questioning because you distracted me with adult coloring. All right, here we go. So, uh, but the one thing I picked up for, probably from Facebook and then from my wife is adult coloring. And what this is, is, is there's people making adult coloring books. Uh, in fact, my, my friend Morgan sent me one of hers. Um, and you just get like crayons or colored pencils and you color in an adult coloring book. And, and that's what oh. you do. Okay. Uh, I can see why that would be awesome. Honestly, <laughs> okay. you know, being, work with me for a second. You know, one of the things that I do, especially if I'm interviewing all day or, or, I need to be performing at a high level is, you know this, because I've spoken about it at your conferences. Yeah. I keep guitars around, pianos around, anything that can switch into right brain, yes. you know, that will allow you to basically just hit the reset button. Yeah. A lot of times it can get rid of the stress. It gets rid of that, that all those loops that are running throughout your head all day, yep. that stuff that's kind of buzzing around. It allows you to get rid of that. It's a state change. I can see that working. I, I prefer the guitar to, Coloring books, but uh, but I could see why that would be cool. Have you tried it? You know, I, I have, and and one of the things that that's really important. In fact, one of the things that, that I've trained is is called the default mode network. So you have uh, this this active mode network, which is what your brain does when you're doing something, when you're focused on something. And we used to believe until about like probably seven years ago that you were either in active mode or in default mode, which is when you're not doing anything. Your brain still does something, yeah. but it's doing the default mode stuff. Uh, sort of like when your computer doesn't have anything to do, it defrags its hard drive and stuff like that. So what, what they found out was it's actually a sliding switch. So you're always a little bit in default mode and, and always a little bit in active mode. It's just a question of how much. So yeah. now that we have Facebook, now that we have 
alerts popping up all the time and all these distractions and constant music streaming, just you never get a break. Your brain's in active mode way too much of the time. And if you could do anything that switches you back to default mode, and for you it's music or someone else that might be doodling or you know, going for a walk without your phone, uh, the, the whole nature walk thing, a lot of that is actually about going into default mode. So um, my wife got me a, an adult coloring book for, for Christmas, uh, and I'm like, this is great. I've colored exactly like a quarter of one picture in it because, well, I have kids, and as soon as you do anything, they interrupt you anyway. But uh, I, You can just get them to do it for you. Exactly. Oh, we have to photocopy it so they can color it over and over. But uh, it, it's, it's cool because it's like mandalas and like very intricate things, and you get in there with a little colored yeah. pencil. But that really does turn on your, uh, your default mode. And as soon as I turn on my default mode, because I've trained it that way, like all the good ideas start just coming out. So like like I you know new product names and and just things I've been meaning right. to do like like stuff that was just waiting for a period to come out that's where intuition comes from like that's where creativity comes from so you've got your guitar and uh, that's cool yeah and anything that you can do I think it's a symptom actually and and maybe I do recognize those because I think I saw those on like the Amazon bestseller they are yeah it's a huge trend I had no idea. <laughs> just, I, I opened it at Christmas but I think, I'm like a coloring book really gee thanks right that that was my response. <laughs> But if anything, I think it's a symptom of how desperate we yeah. are as a society and culture for something like that, that a lot of people, you know, you, you look back at our parents' generation or certainly our grandparents' generation, they went fishing, you know, they fixed cars, they went for walks, there were times of silence, yeah. you know, you had to wait for a dial tone on the phone, <laughs> you know, there were lots of moments throughout the day where we had that little switch of silence, yeah. everything was cool. We don't get that anymore. Everything's buzzing, blooping at us, and uh, we're hyper-connected. So I think uh, it, the fact that adult coloring books are so popular <laughs> right now is a symptom of the fact that we need to be a little bit more honest with ourselves about what it means to be human, what it means to be in a good state throughout the day. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'll realize that we need to down-regulate every once in a while. We need to take those little breaks. We need to go for that walk. We need to experience nature as well. So I'm a full supporter of uh, of adult coloring, uh, and uh, I, I do think that your next for your next act, Abel, is, is the fat burning coloring book. It, it's just pages and pages of close ups of bacon, and you can fill in the colors. I, I tell you, this is your second bestseller. It, it's coming. <laughs> so, anyone who's listening, you guys all know what I'm doing next. <laughs> They've nailed it. Uh, it. It, it's always it's always fun to get to hang out with you uh, and, and also to get to have a show with you. Uh, and I, I do want to dig a little bit more in. So, so and you've been on the show a couple times before, so, so long-time listeners definitely uh, know uh, of you and of your work and all. And, and we've gotten kind of deep on, on some science stuff before. Um, one thing, though, I noticed that's different. I'm wearing my rock star sunglasses. And mm-hmm. I introduced you to Helen Erlin a while back. You did. And you had, you had some Erlen lenses. And for people listening who haven't heard me talk about this before, these are special glasses that are tinted to remove colors that my brain has a hard time processing. So I have a lot more energy. And I'm sitting here underneath our, our studio lights that look good, but they're really bright. And like I'm going to feel great at the end of the day because I wear my glasses even though I look a little weird. Abel normally wears glasses, which make him look even more like a rock star than he already does. Um, maybe a bit more like Zoolander, but I'm cool either way, man. Just kidding. I'll go Zoolander. <laughs> and then, uh, but you're not wearing them today. So what happened? I'm not wearing them today. Somebody actually sat on them in front of me. And you know that having, uh, you know, color corrected glasses like that, 
especially from from Erlen, they're not necessarily easy. No, they're hard. <laughs> that first, that first like psychological torture that you go through for hours and hours on end, it was not something I was ready for uh, or, or to go through. But I got the lenses. They were freaking awesome. I just need to reorder some at this point because seeing them, it, it happens all the time, right? Like your favorite glasses, yeah. no matter what they are, they get crushed eventually. And so <laughs> that's one of the, Okay, here's one of the problems with being homeless for around two years is not having a physical address right. that's predictable makes it hard to actually like get things like that. So the good news is that we're uh, very soon moving back to Austin, Texas, yep. and I can't wait to have steady internet again Nice, <laughs> because it's been hard to do all of this stuff while we've been traveling around the world. But we've, to a large extent, gotten a lot of our wiggles out. I think you'll be happy to hear it. Austin's a, a lovely place. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to open up a bulletproof coffee shop there pretty soon. So we'll oh, we'll take care of you. Do. I'll play guitar. I have so many friends in Austin, so many supporters. I'm I love it. That's where we met the first time. Yeah, that, that's right. Way back in the day when Dave Asprey was a nobody, we were geeking out over bacon and coffee. We made some some horrible video about vegans or something. I never published it. it. It was called "Are You Paleosexual?" Remember that. <laughs> And, and and it was yeah. it was a video of of attractive young people saying, "Oh my God, I would never have sex with someone who doesn't eat meat because I want to be with someone who's fertile, right?" Because and, and this was the counter. It was like a PETA campaign where they had these like emaciated models, like, right. like super skinny ones, going, "I would," and they're like, you can tell they're so hungry. Like, I would never have sex with a man who ate meat. And, and I just I wanted like young, vibrant, healthy, muscular, CrossFit people, and and you and Allison are just beautiful people. I'm like, all right, you guys have to be in this in this video. And I never published it because I actually never got around to downloading the content, and I couldn't edit it because I didn't have time. But it was a good idea to just drive home the point that people who are eating healthy food are more fertile and more attractive and have better pheromones and better hormones and all that. And you guys just fit the bill for that. So I, I did ask you to volunteer for that. Well, it is so funny when you look at a lot of those conferences or whatever, certainly the, the Bulletproof Conference, when people lose their inflammation specifically, yeah, when they lose that, and especially when they lose a little bit of fat, it's the difference between being like super attractive and being kind of like average ho-hum or whatever. You see it with actors and actresses all the time, yeah. right? Like Matt Damon is someone who just kind of swings back and forth between being this kind of like doughy informant type, which allows him to play the role really well. To you know, born right. being able to do both those things is really interesting and in acting. But when you look at your everyday life, um, sometimes you go to these conferences and you're just like, "Wow, this is what the one percent looks like." Somebody wrote that at the at the last bulletproof conference. Uh, I don't think you made it to the last one, did you? You you're out traveling somewhere. That, no, we were filming for the TV show. Remember, yeah, that, I was that's just right. like, "Dave, I'm sorry, I yeah. can't tell you why, and I can't make this one." But yeah, that was why. That's right. Well, it, it went from the one where you were, where you spoke the one, one before was there were 500 people there. And then this one was 1,300 people. And so this year we're looking wow. at probably 2,500. It would be a good guess. Yeah. And, awesome. and so I, I was really impressed. And, and like it's there not as a, as a profit conference. It's there like to let people experience all the good stuff and just meet each other. And if we break even, I'm like, thank God. And – uh, this one though, though, whoever the New York Times or one of the people was there, they're like, everyone here is 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 pretty and a model, and and it was almost like a little bit, a little bit backhanded the, the comment. It, yeah. it, it was it was like like it was staged. Like or yeah, it's it's only for the pretty people kind of thing, and it's like it's the opposite. Like, dude, I have stretch marks covering like two thirds of my body, like big fat stretch marks, right? 
We should just send them our before pictures. Yeah, <laughs> we totally should. Because, I mean, you were getting pretty chunky there too, right? Oh, my God. My big fat face. I look like – Yeah. I look like an, I ate an elf or something like that. I mean, I had that that soft gut. I had that big, round, yeah. puffy face, yeah. and very pale. You know, like looking at the picture now, it's, you don't feel like the same person. You really don't. But um, I think that that's one of the uh, most powerful testaments to the fact that a lot of this this eating style, the style of living, really works for people. When you look around and you see everyone has that color in their yeah. face, they have bright eyes, they're with it. Uh, it's... Uh, it's just a sign that you're in the right room. I think. You know, the before and after pictures, you use them on the show and you have your own. Uh, my, my favorite one is, is I was an entrepreneur magazine when I was like 22, 23. And no one thinks it's me because I have like, like a rash on my face and it's like super round and I'm like wearing glasses and like chins. And I look at it, I'm like, I can't believe that that was in a magazine. And like, like it's like the worst picture ever. And I'm like laying on the floor in a double XL t-shirt. Uh, that that I've like manufacture and and it's and it's just like ah and then I look online and people are like Dave Asper is never fat and I'm like dude like 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 right. do you see the pictures like it's so funny uh, because you see your birth certificate yeah and, and like I was talking with Dr Drew um, who's uh, a bulletproof coffee fan and I was I was amazed uh, when I first went on the show I thought he was going to take me apart because he doesn't like supplements very much I was like oh no and, and he's like Dave yeah. bulletproof coffee like it changed my life oh my god I love it. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, this is amazing. But the, the reason, uh, the reason I bring this up, let me see, I have a good reason for bringing it up. Uh, it is, is the before and after. Because I went in to, on this show a couple years ago, and when I went in this time, after just years of this, and and I've been doing more biohacks and all. And he goes, Dave, the, the first time I saw you, you looked like a guy who'd lost 100 pounds. And he goes, now you look like a guy who's never been 100 pounds overweight. And and this is I think that's true. You you do look different than a couple of years ago. Even hanging out personally, it you look like you've been at this weight for a long time. Th- thank you. I, I'm I appreciate that, Abel. And and I I may be less aware because I, I do look in the mirror almost every day. And <laughs> if there's no podcast, my hair is probably standing straight up because I didn't look in the mirror, but that's <laughs> cool. And, and so what what I find is going on there is that the longer you turn off inflammation, the longer you like support collagen production in the body, and the longer you do this, I think the changes can happen over the course of years. And, and some of the science that I don't think we've talked about before on the show, it, it takes about 700 days to replace 75% of your cell membranes, right? right? Just to replace the fat in them because there's a cell membrane turnover in the body like that. Sure. So if you do this for, for a long time, Okay, if if the half life is is whatever three hundred and fifty days uh, for uh, for turning this stuff over, in order to get ninety or ninety five percent of the fat out of your cells when you're from when you're eating crap, it, it takes like five years. But man, I, I don't know. I'm feeling good and I am looking better than I have, and I'm I'm amazed. But I also think that Kurt, the guy that you just completely rocked his, his world for, and hopefully millions of people who see that show are like, oh wait, like maybe I should think something besides exercise and low fat. So it's like huge impact on that stuff. But it's not about losing the weight. It's not about what happens in the first 30 days, although that's important, or the first 90 or or 100, uh, or or even the first six months or the first two years. If you do this for five years, you do this for 10 years, you do this for 20 years, like you end up looking more like Mark Sisson uh, than you you do like anyone else. And, and, you know, I I think we're both friends with Mark too, but like he looks (laughs) freaking great. And he's, he's, it's not even fair. he's been doing it for like 20 years longer than me. I'm like, like, look at this guy. It's amazing. <laughs> he just gets more and more shredded every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's all of his, uh, his primal mayo. That stuff is legit. That's right. That stuff is really good. Yeah, totally. Well, Abel, do you have anything that you want to tell all of the, the Bulletproof Nation listening to you here? Uh, any, uh, in, any things that, that we should know about the show, about the wild diet? Just about what, what's on your mind, man? You always have good stuff to say, and, and this is an open mic. I appreciate that. Um, I, I don't have a rant, but I do have something that I hope uh, is, is positive for people. One of the best things about uh, working up close and personal with someone like Kurt is that he was going from zero to one. You know, right. it was pretty much like a binary change. But for those of you who have been listening for a long time, and maybe you've struggled to put some of this stuff into action, just take a quick look at Kurt's before and after, 14 <laughs> weeks. You know, take a quick look at some of the other Bulletproof and, and Wild Diet before and after pictures. And know that if you just put some of these things into action, if you actually do it every day, you can get powerful results that would shock you and shock everyone around It's, I, I, you know, as much as we love talking about science, at the end of the day, for most people, they just struggle to put it into action when the rubber meets the road. So do the super boring, really unsexy things, like getting tons of sleep, <laughs> you know, like having, let that be your yep. secret weapon. Get your greens every day, drink water, do the really dumb things like that. And also don't, uh, if, if you think that you have to be hungry and miserable to look good, to feel good, or to be in the best shape of your life, give that up forever. Start eating more butter. Yeah. <laughs> start ditching the sugar in particular, combining those things at the same time. When you, when you start to dial in your nutrition, and especially when you do it for a long period of time, like, like you, Dave, like me, you start to see that the benefits just keep adding up. So if you're on the fence and you're listening to this, just do it. Well said, my friend. And I, I would highly recommend people listening, check out The Wild Diet. And, and, and Abel, you and I aren't alone here. Like, there's a whole community of people right. out there. There's Jimmy Moore. Uh, there's uh, yeah. Jonathan Baylor, who wrote uh, uh, The Calorie Myth. Calorie. Uh, David Ludwig just hit the New York Times list along with you, I think, at the same time with nice. Always Hungry. Yeah. Uh, who else do people, like, pay attention to? Like, who else is in the high-fat mafia? Like, like, like let's, let's just shout out to all our friends. Gary Taubes is someone who's been there for a long time. Yeah, why yeah, we get fat and what to do about it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. We have, you know what, when I was, when I was up uh, doing that show, they wanted to blast us the whole time for being this extreme diet, <laughs> for being this thing that's going to give people diseases. They wanted to make fools of us on national television, right? But when we were up there, it was like you could feel the power of all these people behind you with like Mark Sisson going raw and Dave Asprey going like, yes, and all these other people like bacon always wins. Butter is cool. So I just want to say if anyone watched the show, like, thank you so much for tweeting at us and keeping in touch. Because like you said, it is it's a community. It's not just us. Basically, a lot of people who have been on your podcast, a lot of people who have been on my podcast, we come from a similar way of thinking, especially when, as it relates to fat and the importance of it in our diets. And so know that we're definitely not alone. In fact, I think our little corner of the internet is starting to take over the world. You're starting to see it pop up in mainstream all the time. And that's really good news. It is indeed. So Abel, my friend, keep on fighting the good fight. And I got to ask you the final question, but I've already asked you twice your top three most important things for kicking more ass. So I'm going to break all the rules because that's just how I roll. Because I've never done that before. I'm feeling all exposed here. Do it. What are the three 
worst things you've done to kick more ass? And in other words, what are the three things you should absolutely not do to kick more ass? Like three massive mistakes you've made. <laughs> I've never asked this one before. Wait. I just made it up, but it's a good idea. Okay. Three mistakes that I've yeah. made to kick no, more no, ass? No, 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 no. Three, three things that kept you from kicking the most ass. Like in other words, I always oh, ask people, what should you do? I always ask the, the, the glass is half full. So with you, we're going yeah. to go to the glasses half empty. Like, like, what are the things you did that completely screwed up your path to progress that you had to recover from? Like things that other people can avoid. Yeah. Like, like, help me not walk into one. sharp things that you walked into. <laughs> uh, number one, being a perfectionist. Never be a perfectionist. It's so much better. Like one thing, it's it's a mantra that I write in my own journal every once in a while when I get freaked out. <laughs> All right, I'd rather be prolific than perfect. Yep. And that is something that can be very powerful, especially for a lot of the type A personalities, the, the high performers who are listening to this. That's that's really powerful medicine uh, that we all need to hear <laughs> more often than we probably do. Number two, um, I act shy sometimes. I was always a shy kid. I think you were too. We've talked about yeah. this before. Uh, and so not letting that be something that separates you from success. You know, you still have to get, get out there. You need to make yourself uncomfortable. And so I'll, I'll say number three, um, being comfortable when we have success. I think a lot of us are just like, well, I'll get all of the stuff in my dreams and the life of my dreams and everything will be totally cool. And it'll be awesome. In fact, if you ever get to a point like that, and I hope you do, you'll realize how tremendously unfulfilling that is because you never actually arrive. There is no there. And sometimes it's best when you get into a situation like that, to actually make yourself uncomfortable. Absolutely. Like, well, what we did, you, you saw that happen to me and around me, Dave. We were, uh, you stayed with me in that big place in Austin, driving around in Porsche, whatever, sold all that stuff, made our lives hard scrabble, living out of a trailer for a year after yeah. that, living in the woods and, and carrying our water, stuff like that. Sometimes real life begs for an adventure like that. So make yourself uncomfortable and make that a habit. Uh, that, that sounded like a positive thing. So, 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 so the thing well, that made being, you weak was being comfortable is negative. There you Come go. All right. There, there you go. So embracing discomfort is positive, which is the opposite of negative. <laughs> See what I did there, Dave? I, I'm all confused. <laughs> <No. laughs> Abel, it, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's always cool to get to hang out. Uh, I want to see you at next year's Bulletproof Conference. Uh, that'd be really yes. cool. So let's, let's see if we can figure out uh, some kind of new thing for you to talk about. And uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And as always, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, people, I think, already know where to find you. You're Fat Burning Man on iTunes and FatBurningMan.com, as well as yep. uh, The Wild Diet. And do you have a special URL for your, your book, like TheWildDiet.com or something? WildDietBook.com. Ah, like it's funny how you did that. I, I think everyone does that Bulletproof Diet book, Wild Diet book. And it's, right. it's because like somebody stole The Wild Diet ahead of time, right? Exactly. Yeah, same thing happened to me, man. It pissed me off. All right, whoever stole those things, you give them back. All right, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've got the SEO, Dave. All right, fair point. And, and neither of us is complaining, right? We're, we both have had a chance to help literally millions of people. So you keep doing it, and I look forward to the next time we, we can chat. Dave, this is awesome. Thanks so much for having me. If you like today's episode, you know what to do. 
head on over to Amazon, pick up a copy of Abel's book. Uh, while you're at it, pick up a copy of my book and pick up a copy of some other books that tell you all the good stuff. We just named a few of them. I'd also give a shout out to uh, Mark Hyman, JJ Virgin, and a bunch of other just, just amazing friends. All of us are out there. We actually all know each other and we all meet with each other. And we're, we're all working kind of as a secret team uh, to get this knowledge out there. Because honestly, I want everyone driving around me to be on a high-fat diet. And it doesn't have to be the Bulletproof diet. It can be Abel's diet. It can be any high-fat diet because they're less likely to drive into my car full of my kids. Like at a, just at a base level, this matters. And so I want you to help us get everyone eating more butter. And that's just a win for us all. Um, and while you're at it, check out Bulletproof.com and like get some coffee too because that'd be awesome. But have more butter. All right, that's enough. I'm going to get off my butter box. Have an awesome day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.